0: the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
1: Welcome back to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now.
0: Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's gonna be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press.
2: Oh, yes! yes. Caught. Touchdown! They did he get it! All right, here we are. Hour two of the full court press, and I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and hope that I successfully connected Eric Franson on. Um, there, no, maybe. I don't think it succeeded. <laughs> no. uh, I've been trying to text him back and forth. We're we've got a uh, we have the technology to to connect him on, but uh, I don't know how to run it properly unfortunately try and text him again we'll try and get eric on i know it's been just me for the duration of the show so far but we'll we'll try and get him in here not sure exactly how there's so much so much tricky stuff that you have to be able to try and do with these boards and i've learned like 40% forty percent of how to run these. So we'll we'll try and get Eric Eric Franson on here. But we've been talking so far about pretty much entirely Utah State football. This morning and kind of into the afternoon we're just getting a lot of well a couple of different, you know uh, Utah State uh, uh football players were are transferring. We're gonna try this again. See if I can get Eric on. He texts me some more instructions. Um, he's saying he can't hear me. Um. Uh, now I can hear you. Oh, you there? Really loud. Oh gosh. Can you hear me? You're a little quiet. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're just a bit quiet. We're hearing a lot of background, but you are you are around. Yeah, it's really quiet. You're there. Yeah, you're there. Okay. Like I said, pretty quiet. Well, I don't know how you you got the mic right up next to your mouth there, or is it? I know you're driving, so I don't. This is really uh, I'm sketchy. To go
3: with the, <laughs> it is sketchy. I'm trying it with my AirPods, or so. Put my uh, headphones in. So
2: now that might be. That may be the trick here, because we're getting a lot of background noise. Actually, I know, I think I tried that with, oh, I was that using the, <laughs> what? Say that again? I don't know if we're doing it much better. That's a little louder. Kind of. Still there? Technical difficulties everyone.
3: Much, much as we're trying. I don't
2: know, we'll, we'll see if we can make this work.
3: Well... <laughs> radio, live radio on the fly.
2: There we go. This is the quality you guys tune in for. We got me sitting in the studio and Eric on... Heaven, heaven right. knows what highway he's on. No, well, probably I-15. But while we got you on, Eric. Yeah,
3: cruising up the I-15. Yeah,
2: while, while we got you on and while we can hear you, I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts. We haven't had a chance to talk about the bowl game. I know that and you know, kind of the transfer news. I was just kind of curious your thoughts on just the biggest news of the week so far, at least in terms of Utah State sports.
3: Well, it's certainly, you know the bowl game. When we talked about it afterwards on on KPNU Aggie Call with Al and and Ryan Boehm, um, and I don't know that my my opinions have changed too much from from Tuesday. Just other than you know, as time has passed, it was just kind of a frustrating game. And you were there, and you could see the full field better than what we could on TV. But I just a little disappointed in the in the play calling, and I don't know if if wide receivers were just covered really well and we're not giving Memphis enough credit, but um, just kind of frustrated with how that offensive game plan just really didn't seem to work for USU. They didn't go vertical until late in the game with Bishop Davenport and things did start to open up a little bit more. So I don't know if that's a function of a change in quarterback or a change in defensive strategy, but you know, that's kind of a disappointing end Kind of emblematic of the season where there were moments where it looked kind of exciting, but in the end it was a, a frustrating game for USU.
2: Yeah, and in the, in the play calling, we talked about it a little bit here where it's like my, my observation really was that the wide receivers were just covered. Because Cooper Lagarde is just staring down the field at nothing. And you look like, is that guy open? No, he's not open. He's not open. And it's like there's nobody open. He's got nobody to throw to. You know, multiple coverage sacks. And, you know, that's another thing you mentioned. Like, the Utah State doesn't go vertical. Like, verticality has been a big part of this offense dating back to last year, although it struggled a lot this year because, well, they didn't have Devin Tompkins or Derek Wright or even Brandon Bowling, who found ways to get up the field. And this year's wide receivers just didn't seem to be able to do that, except for Terrell Vaughn sometimes.
3: Yeah, Vaughn was a bright spot, you know, and I – I mean, he had some great returns, and and they even used him in the running game a little bit. So, you know, at the end, it it really mean the the bowl game. For some degree, it's a celebration of the season that you had, but it should also be looked at as a as a launch pad for next year. And I think that's really where I'm having to force myself to think about it, because if I think about it as a Uh, as a capstone to the season, then it's a a frustrating season, right? I mean, you finish the year with a losing record, uh, you get manhandled in a bowl game, and it just didn't look like the same level of intensity was there for USU as it was for Memphis. But if you look at it in the frame of mind that it's a kind of a launch pad for next season, then we can see, like, okay, there's some young guys, a lot of young guys coming back, and that's good experience for them. Um, Extra practices, extra games, um, extra opportunities to build upon. And, I mean, kind of, um, we can try to take a a good, uh, you know, silver lining around it that, look, these guys will have a a bad taste in their mouths with something to prove for next year because it was a disappointing finish. But, I know there's also a big question about exactly who will be back next year, even though they have extra eligibility, and I think that's been something that's kind of been um, panning out or, or coming out of the news, or at least on social media, over the last uh, 24 to
2: 48. Yeah, It is tricky because Blake Anderson just seemed to be under the impression that he was going to get basically his entire two-deep defensive line back, and he's already lost one defensive end. Uh, rumor has it that Byron Vaughn may be moving on. There's nothing official yet, so he may be staying. Um, but still, like if that were to happen, you suddenly lose two huge pieces of your defensive line. You've already lost one, so regardless, you're already down one. You're down an offensive lineman. There's, you know, some there's rumblings. There's going to be a lot more guys in the transfer portal, and so it it feels like you know I want to be able to look forward, and i would already begun looking into and writing about. Uh, You know, kind of a just early thoughts on what the 2023 team could look like, but suddenly a lot of that optimism was punctured a little bit because there's several guys that were going to be key parts of next year's team that suddenly aren't going to be on the team. And so you got to wonder, like, will Utah State survive this next transfer portal period uh, with most of their key contributors intact? Because they haven't brought in a whole lot of guys that feel like they're going to step in day one and be, you know, big contributors. So you're either going to have to have guys step out of nowhere, which, you know, happens all the time, but you either going to have guys step out of nowhere or this team is going to take another step back this year. You know, after a great 2021, they step back this year and they could step back even further if they don't, you know, survive this transfer portal uh, period.
3: yeah yeah and that's a fair point you know that's that's a concern you know uh, blake anderson after the game talked about how 27 different guys in and out of the lineup because of injuries and younger more inexperienced players have been pressed into service ahead of what they wanted to or would have normally wanted to do based on their development but then you're right i mean if If guys who did have experience are still going to end up leaving anyway, then you're still just going to have an inexperienced roster trying to find guys to step up and and grow into those roles, which can happen. I mean, it has happened before, but it just puts you a little bit slower on the curve. And so that's that's a big thing that this coaching staff really needs to be doing right now is uh, recruiting their existing players. To, to stay, at least those who do contribute and see regular snaps on the field. Um, yeah, because looks like Daniel Grishik is gone. Um, we already know that one of the the, uh, uh, the the linebackers in the on the depth chart he's leaving. Uh, We've already know that some of the guys in the secondary are gonna go. So yeah, there's there's a lot of concern on the defense that looked like it needed uh, a lot of guys to come back to get them more experienced and more whole to become a better force in the Mountain West next year, and now there's still some significant question marks about what they're going to do next year.
2: Yeah, the thing is, the defense is where most of my optimism was. Offensively, there are some holes to fill, and like there's a chance they could fill some of those, especially at wide receiver, and then kind of work on the, the depth at running back, and they're going to have enough... You know, offensive linemen... Like, initially, they were going to have four offensive linemen returning. Now they're only going to have three... Like, they have experience. Um, so now they got, they're got they losing four starters on the offensive line. And, you know, you're losing top uh, two outside wide receivers. And so, basically, you're returning a couple of tight ends who they never use anyway. And they return Terrell Vaughn and Cooper Legas. Like, you're returning kind of a bare-bones offense. But defensively, there was a lot of optimism for me because you could potentially return... Most of your front seven, if basically all of it, I know uh, one of the linebackers who's at least playing some, he ended up leaving, but he was, you know, he was he was a depth guy. But you are going to... I'm pretty sure we're still keeping A.J. Vonk-Pachong and M.J. Tafisi. I believe they both still have eligibility. I think they're both staying. Then you get uh, Anthony Switzer back.
3: And Kaleo Nevis. Yeah, and Kaleo Nevis. Yeah, so and Switzer coming back. Yeah,
2: so it's like y- you've got... A lot of guys coming back maybe in that front seven and then you get Ike Larson on I believe is coming back and then a Johnny Carter I think should all return again I have to put qualifiers because so I'm not sure anymore whether or not these guys are staying and so it felt like there was a lot of optimism on that in that defensive side because you're returning a lot of guys you had a lot of guys who got more experience they're going to be ahead of schedule in their development and then you're adding you know two transfer guys you're adding a transfer at linebacker you're adding a you know a Uh, plug-and-play transfer at safety so it's like this defense was looking really good and suddenly there's some doubt you know how many of these guys are actually going to stay you're already losing your top guy in terms of sacks maybe you lose somebody else like it it just puts a little bit of of worry because still like if everybody i think is staying there everybody that we haven't heard like leaving like as long as everybody that hasn't said they're they're leaving is staying, and there's not any new uh, transfer announcements, this defense still should be pretty solid. But it just does make you worry, because that's where yeah, there's it, just it should. It, it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and that's the the worry is the is is the key word, you know. Because look, I I like Bonda. I, I think he's a really solid coach. I don't think there's been too many things about the defense that have caused me to pull my hair out during games. I mean, yeah, there's been some things where you know, guys need to wrap up and tackle better, but that's not necessarily on him or his scheme. But, I, you know, when I look at the guys coming back and how the, the defense normally played uh, for USU when they were whole and healthy, it was a dynamic defense, and it was effective. And now, you know, with guys missing, guys leaving, guys deciding to go somewhere else. You know, I'm not sure what that defense is going to look like. Not, I mean, I thought – I'm with you. I thought that the defense was going to be the real strength of the team next year, um, but now not quite sure because there's like these – we're learning now with this transfer portal and NIL and everything else going on. There's the initial wave right after the end of the regular season, and now I think we're starting to get into a second wave – of uh, post Bowl um, you know, transfers guys who were out of respect to their team would hang on and, and play their bowl game but then um, pursue or listen to opportunities to go somewhere else um, and to go to the to bigger programs or you know different opportunities. So uh, I think we're gonna see more, more of that over these next couple of weeks as the bowl season kind of uh winds down about other guys who may be on the move which you know it's really frustrating i mean there should be a a period of time where it's you you can enter officially and be available and then that that window closes and then that window opens up again probably after spring ball when coaches are like okay you know, we really do know who we do have and who we don't have now that you're in our program, and and uh, we'll, we'll give you opportunities to pursue other, op- you know, another chance
2: somewhere else. Yeah, just this whole transfer portal is just sticky because there's just so many opportunities for people to kind of get their feelings hurt and for fans to get upset, and you know, fans have at least you know my experience looking at it in at Utah State and a little bit of Utah BYU seeing that fans are generally nice about it. Maybe they'll be, you know, kind of grumble and be a little frustrated. Understandably, but at least they're not being toxic toward players. But still, there's a chance for fans to be upset because, you know, there's good players that are leaving your program, and it feels like, oh, that's unfair, and they shouldn't be able to do that. And, you know, you feel like there should be some way that we can work it out to make it easier on these programs but in the end, you still have to recognize, you know, players got to be able to, you know, look out for number one and not be, you know, hemmed into a, you know, short, you know, list of options. Um, but there is also the, the question of, well, you, you made the decision to go to a school. You should at least, you know, try to stick it out. I don't know. It's, it's just such a complicated and nuanced discussion where it doesn't feel like there's right answers from any perspective at all.
3: No, I know,
2: and there's there's the, the the big
3: fear and I don't know that it's really been uh, warranted but the big fear is that uh, as Transfer Portal and NIL continue to progress, that the group of five schools would just become feeder programs to power five schools but that really hasn't been the case, I mean it does happen but I think we see more P5 players going to G5 schools than the other way around, but we do see some of those where they you know, those those players will move on and move up, and we saw it close to home. Jalen Warren was a was a good running back for USU, and then he transfers, and goes to you know, uh, Oklahoma State, has a great year for them. They're good for him, you know. He has a great opportunity, and because of that now he's in the nfl i mean he was on the pittsburgh steelers roster would he have gotten that same opportunity at utah state maybe to make it to the nfl i mean there's the aggies have sent guys to the league but um uh, there's this fear that if you start to do well p5 schools are going to take notice and basically try to recruit you away uh and now they can throw money at you too besides just the opportunity to play at a P5 school in big facilities and big crowds and all the other amenities they can throw at you. Now they can actually add dollars to it. So, uh, you know, it is it's it is frustrating to, to for places like Logan in Utah State, but at the same time, I mean, it, that's the landscape of college athletics now. And if a player has an opportunity to move up, and advance and play at a bigger opportunity and make some extra money along the way. I mean, we really, that should be celebrated. And uh, we should, not that we should encourage it, but we should be happy for those players who get those opportunities to to move on.
2: Yeah, you, you do have to try and be happy for other people, and that's something that I still try and, that's one of the areas of improvement for me as a person, is feeling happy for other people, at least in situations where maybe it's impacting me. You know, I can be happy for someone else if they have success uh, if it's not impacting me. But it's hard with this, like, okay, I got to be happy for these guys because they are doing what's best for them. You know, they're moving on, and I got I to be happy for them. Um, so there's some personal improvement for myself there. But yeah, you, you try and do that, but kind of <laughs> well, to one I of you.
3: Oh. And, and I'm I'm in the same boat uh, because I mean, look, we we're. <laughs> We're old enough to be around, long enough to be around this this business and around this industry, where the, the old argument was, "Oh, you made a, a commitment to go be at a school, and you I mean, that's a that's a four-year, maybe five, even six-year commitment um, that you you promised uh, out of high school, and you need to hold to that commitment. And you know a lot of people still feel that should be the case. But it just, it isn't anymore. I mean, that, this just doesn't happen. It just, yes, it does happen to, for some guys. They go to a school and they stay there the whole time. But we live in a day and age where, gosh, you can move around and if it doesn't work for you, why stick it out? And if it's not working out, you know, why should you be stuck on the bench? Or stuck in an oppor- in, a, in a place that doesn't give you as much opportunity as you think you can um, you can get, but at the same time, you know the, as we've seen with a lot of these players, grass isn't always greener, and a lot of players put their name in the portal, but don't end up moving up. Um, most of them end up moving down, uh, lateral moves or even moving down. It's not quite what they all think. So, but that's. That's the new reality for college athletics.
2: Yeah, there's some people that do move up, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, where it feels like, you know, theoretically you're afraid that Utah State might become a feeder program for Power 5 schools, and that can kind of happen. You know, any G 5 might be like that, not just Utah State. But I do think it is like a two-way street, and it kind of becomes harder to handle because you have to be better at recruiting and developing quickly because... You know it's a two way street in that if you develop somebody and they become good, you know, you recruit them out of high school and you develop them, well, then they go somewhere else. Like if Waylon Lapuajo goes, let's say he goes like BYU or something, you recruited him, you developed him, you started him, and then he just goes somewhere else. All that time feels like it's wasted, but you do kind of get it coming back because, well, you're getting a year out of a, a guy that Utah spent time developing, or you get maybe a couple years, you know, you brought an MJ Tafisa, you brought another linebacker from Washington State so it is a two way street where you're getting basically in some cases four star recruits the long way around so there's some benefit so long as you can recruit and develop and kind of make these reclamation projects you know good coaches will be able to pull that off and so that's like where you know college football isn't dying in terms of recruiting like some people are overreacting saying alright this is the death of college football it's just different and You know, coaches have to change how they approach, uh, you know, recruiting and developing their teams now, because if they can, you know, manage the transfer portal well, then, you know, they can become, you know, elite programs. They can't, like, just focus on basically recruit and develop anymore, because they'll never hang on to those developed players as much.
3: Yeah, no, that, and that's true. It's a great point. And, and just the frustrating aspect is you, you, you invest in somebody and you see them grow and start to improve. And the, the time that you start to see the, the payoff that you expect to see or have the payoff from that, then it starts to you know, disappear and be taken away because they go and they're, they're taking their talents somewhere else. But I mean we've seen just in the last few years how Utah State has benefited from that guys who got originally recruited to p5 schools um, you know they limited opportunities there uh, but they're in the development program at at, uh, Miami or Nebraska or Washington or uh, Texas and they come end up coming to Utah State because they want an opportunity to play and they just weren't getting it where they were and so the development that's happening at some other place with greater these have to benefit from that, but but it still stings when we see somebody that's in a homegrown game
2: You're turning into a robot. There, Eric. Now oh, we may have lost him. I think we lost him. All right, I'll um. Cool. Oh no, he's back. We lost you for a second, Eric. Oh, sorry. You like turned you into I, a robot. I was soapboxing. I was completely soap completely boxing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a good job. And then all of a sudden, it's just like uh, silent.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just you know what we just we don't see a lot of those, and we haven't seen a lot where USU uh, players that come here as freshmen. Um, we we see the and that were developed right out of high school are leaving. It's usually guys who were you know, JC transfers or transfer from another college. Then they transfer again. That I think we're seeing more of that than the homegrown guys that are here as freshman recruits.
2: Yeah, the the, the number of guys who are gonna we're gonna be like the middle school of like a, a player who's gonna go to three schools. Like, you know, Daniel Grishik, he's about to go to his third school. And it feels like that's just going to happen more and more, where Utah State's going to be the middle. They're going to use Utah State as basically their own reclamation grounds. And then they'll go as a grad transfer and go uh, spend a final year somewhere else.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Slovis, who was at USC, and then he was, where Pitt, and now he's going to BYU. I mean, I think guys that transfer once are likely to transfer again. And I don't know that we see... A lot of the, the, the guys who came in as, as, as freshmen were the, the school that gave them their first shot. Uh, I don't know that we see a lot of those guys uh, taking their development at, at a place like USU and then advancing their careers somewhere else. I think it's more of if you've transferred once, you're probably likely to transfer again.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, we've got to take a quick break here. Uh, so we'll uh, come back on the other end we'll continue this discussion. We've had a few texts come in, so we'll read those uh, on this topic, and so we'll stay on it uh, when we come back next on 106.9 The Fan. On behalf of the
1: management team at TTM Technologies, we want to thank our more than 500 employees here in Logan for your hard work and dedication. Because of you, TTM Technologies continues to grow at a phenomenal pace. We've never been more optimistic, and the job opportunities at TTM have never been better. If you're searching for a job or considering a career change, we invite you to talk to us, or go to careers.ttmtech.com to review our open positions.
4: Happy holidays from all of us here at TTM
0: Technologies in Logan.
4: For more than a century, Essie Needham Jewelers has been repairing jewelry and watches in Cache Valley. We do all our work on premises, and you may even talk directly with our expert technicians. We also have today's state-of-the-art equipment, including a laser welder that will repair jewelry with precision. We guarantee our work and offer competitive prices. So whether repairing your precious wedding ring, sizing a ring, or simply changing a watch battery, come to Utah's oldest jewelry store today's newest technology and repair. Essie Needham Jewelers, Middle of the block at the sign of the clock. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac Automatic Standby Generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac Automatic Standby Generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac Automatic Standby Generators power you can count on. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years.
2: Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Visit us at AlpineHomemedical.com. The college football bowl season moves into
1: the new year with the Relia Quest Bowl. Catch the SEC's Mississippi State Bulldogs against Illinois fighting the Eye from the Big Ten. The Bulldogs and the Illini Live from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa for the Relia Bowl on Bowl Season
4: Radio. Monday, beginning at 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM 1390 AM, The Fans.
0: The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan.
2: Duh. Alright, we're back, Full Court Press. We'll see if Eric's still around. Oh, you still there, Eric? I am. There we go. Oh, it's even... That was a little better. We don't have as much white noise in the background. <laughs> Uh, we've we've stopped. <laughs> ah, that would, that would make sense. That would do it. <laughs> there you go. That's that's how you, that's how you get to eliminate the white noise. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> just do better. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So we do have a couple of texts. We we're talking about transfer portal and just the mess that it is, and talk about it for days and hours, and the whole of college football has been talking about it for years now. It's a debate that doesn't feel like it's ever really going to be settled. Um, but 8968, eight, um, actually, this isn't about the transfer portal. I know 9 through and 5 text and a little bit about the transfer portal, but we'll read this one from 8968. Eight. Don't want to go too long without reading it. So let's take a closer look at the 2021. The Aggies had a lot of things that came together at the right time to put a really lucky season last year. That was last year, and this was this year. It just wasn't the same. And, yeah, that – Maybe it's feeling a little more like that was just lucky. And the thing is, Utah State manages to pull these seasons together with some regularity because you go 2012, 2018, 2021. They're able to pull these, you know, seasons together regularly. It it just – we kind of had this conversation this summer where it's like, can Utah – and we probably had this after 2018 and maybe after 2012, like can they string these seasons at least somewhat closely together? They kind of did in 2012. Well, I think the next year when they went like nine and five but it feels like Utah State really struggles to string seasons together even relatively close where they have to have a peak and then a valley and a peak and a valley it's just it's it's the eternal struggle and transfer portal I don't know if it makes it worse or makes it easier to uh, you know have these uh, you know good seasons or avoid these uh, peaks and valleys
3: yeah that's a good question I think in theory I think it should. Um yeah you know, a, a coaching staff can make over their roster a lot quicker now than they ever could. So if you if you're seeing like I just don't have the guys, I don't see I have the guys coming up, in theory, they should be able to hit the portal pretty hard and they can make over their roster a lot faster now than they ever could before it used to be if you needed to make over your roster you'd go to the junior college ranks and that sometimes would help but um if you know your your youth and inexperience or even some of your veteran guys just aren't cutting it i mean you can go get a lot of guys now who are veteran players and plug them in and change things over a lot quicker so i think that the 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 i don't know the right term but i think the 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 leash maybe that's the right way to put it the leash on the coach um is a lot shorter now than it used to be uh when a new coach comes in i would always say you know you got to give him three to five years to really determine what kind of a coach he is based on recruiting and is he playing with his guys or not but anymore it's like two to three years because you can change your roster over and to to fit how you want. Um, so is that a good thing? Yeah, it can also be a bad thing. just um, yeah, you know, their uh, unfulfilled promises and things like that. But from the 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 end point of the day, like what are we looking for? We're looking to see if a coach can win, right? Can the program string together winning seasons and get to a bowl game and be successful? That's the end product that fans care about. Um, We can talk about graduation rates and who's going to what school and what are they studying in school, but the average fan doesn't really know about that or care about that. It's about wins and losses and bowl games and the quality of bowl games.
2: Yeah, yeah. coaches need to be able to to, to turn on the thing real quick, I mean, you mentioned, like, coaches having a longer leash earlier. Like, you know, Gary Anderson, when he came in, he had, what, back-to-back four-win seasons? And that probably gets you fired these days. Uh, if, you know, if you don't live up to the standard, maybe Utah State might be a little more lenient because we don't have the same, you know, if you go four and a couple of four-win seasons at most power five schools, you're done because that just doesn't cut it. Heck, you have, like, one four-win season at some places in El um, no ma- yeah, that's no, true. No matter what you've been doing lately. Um, you know, here is like, Gary Anders goes 4-8, 4-8, 7-6. Finally delivers an 11-2 season. Um, but, yeah, it does feel like, you know, Blake Anderson's uh, seat could get really hot if next year he does take another step back. Because then maybe you think, okay, maybe it was just the one lucky season. Wait, like did Matt, I do that? Like, Matt Wells' seat kind of got that. hot a little bit because, uh, you know, he goes, has the 11-win... The 11-win season, 9 wins, sorry, bye. 10 wins, and then, you know, he has a handful of bad seasons. He almost got fired. Or fans started calling for him to be fired. I don't know how close he ever was, but I don't know.
3: Yeah, his seat was heating up. <laughs> yeah, it was getting warm. But you're right. I mean, if if Blake Anderson next year, if things aren't working out, and, they, and he only wins four, maybe five seasons, misses a bowl game, it, it'll be a very hot seat because I, I think – you know, he got the team to a bowl game this year, and so we're looking past some of the the feelings and attitudes that were definitely roiling <laughs> in September uh, about you know personnel decisions, mess- you know, comments about the fan base, and things like that. Uh, that will resurface; those feelings uh, will will come back. Um, I, I think some of them maybe have been were a bit. Premature, and I think that he was upset that you know those attitudes were being thrown around about a team that just was just a few months removed from winning a championship, which had never been done, and that kind of took him by surprise. And I get it, but um, as we've said, it's this is a game, a sport that's all about wins and losses, and if you're not getting victories, then you're you're going to hear about it.
2: Yeah, so uh, really quick, we're going to take another quick break here. Um, We got behind. We we talked for a really long time in the opening segment. We're going to take another quick break. We we come back, we'll get a couple more texts. It was kind of continuous discussion. (laughs) There's just a lot about this. And then we'll go probably lead into a little bit more looking forward um, to, you know, what it may look like. We also may talk about some Utah State basketball. I might try and sneak some of that in instead of spending the entire show on just football. That will be coming up after this on 106.9 The Fan.
1: A lifetime of awesome memories starts with the Yamaha lineup of youth ATVs. Find the perfect Yamaha ATV for the young rider in your life at Cash Yamaha. Start with the sporty Yamaha YFZ50, designed for riders 6 and up with easy start and parental controls. Then graduate to the Yamaha Raptor 90 with legendary Raptor Sport ATV styling and more for riders 10 and up. And for a taste of the rugged look of a utility ATV, check out the Yamaha Grizzly 90. Start a lifelong passion today at Cash Yamaha or yamahamotorsports.com see the yamaha lineup today at cash yamaha at the light hyde park yfz 50 is recommended for use only by riders six years and older and always with adult supervision raptor and grizzly 90 are recommended for use only by riders 10 years and older and always with adult supervision atvs can be hazardous to operate yamaha recommends an approved training course for safety and training information see your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887 own a small business or a farm? You thought about solar? Listen up. A new USDA grant was announced allocating $300 million for farmers and small business owners to put in solar. That's right. The government will help you get solar installed, covering 40% of the costs. And don't forget, as a business, you can save up to 50 or 60% more with federal and state tax credits. Second Sun Solar will install your system and help with the USDA paperwork. Call Second Sun Solar today at 435-363-9917 or online at... At utahsolardirect.com. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer.
4: It's that first kiss, that moment in time,
2: it's that look in her eye, when you get the first sign, we
1: make it personal, you know when it's real,
0: something for everyone, we know oh, how you, you feel, chariots fine jewelry, make it special, make it chariots. <laughs>
4: This is Ryan
1: My Mattress. We need to blow out our inventory and you need to sleep better and save money on mattresses. That's a win-win. We're calling this the last week sale because this is the last week we can get rid of inventory. It's the last week of the year. Sealy Posturepedic was $12.99, now only $5.99. Tempurpedic $34.99, only $19.99. The warehouse is full and it needs to be empty. No interest financing available. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? It's the last week sale, only at My Mattress.
0: They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press.
2: Welcome back, Full Court Press. Jason Walker and Eric Franson. Sounds like he's on the road again. I am on
3: the road, sorry. We're moving to the end.
2: Yeah, stop. Go to the bathroom. Whatnot. <laughs> can't can't stick around forever. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: something like that.
2: You getting any closer to Logan?
3: Uh slowly making our way. We're in Farmington right now. Oh, so there you go.
2: That's close to my old baby steps. Around. You can uh, wave. That's it, right. You can wave at my old house as you go by. You can't quite see it <laughs> from the freeway. You can see the street from my freeway. Or from the freeway.
3: Ah, okay. So should I wave with all five fingers?
2: (laughs) Depends on how you're feeling about it. You can maybe just do the one. (laughs) Um, Uh. All right, so we have a few more texts coming through. uh, Nine through one, five, sending in several. Uh, First, uh, how do you get a handle on the portal in NIL? Like... He was talking about, like, um, you know, I, I think I made the comment, like, try and get a handle on it, try and, you know, figure some rules or things like that. Uh, so he, he texted them We were kind of having that conversation. And he says, how do you get a handle on the port on NIL, like capping it or making it uh, make it far for both school and players, making it hard? Um, and I guess that, like, that's one of the tricks with nils is people say, well, we need rules, and my question kind of is the same that 9-1-5 through was like, all right, what rules do you put in there? Like, like, yeah, do you put a salary cap? Do you limit the number of players who can get NIL? Because, like, the second you begin thinking about these things, you're restricting NIL and you're going back to where we were before where you just say, okay, you don't get any of that. But it's just like a smaller scale. So it's just kind of like why I said there's not really any right answers because, like, what restrictions do you put on it? I mean, there's some, but like I feel like there's not much more restrictions you can put on it than there already are, on right now. Yeah,
3: it's tricky. I mean, we're we're in, a, in an era, in a time now where it's all about, you know, in personal empowerment, right? I mean, the the power is in the with the athlete, with the person, the individual, and I don't know if we. I mean, they've, they've kind of... There used to be just, like, one time you could transfer. And then you could transfer again as a graduate. But now it's like, well, if you had the COVID year and, you know, other things, you, you can transfer as many times as you want. Um, and so I don't know if we kind of get back to you know, limiting the number of transfers you can do. Um, and or I don't know that that necessarily solves anything. But I think that... Um, you know, Making it clear when you can and cannot transfer will help some. but I think that's just that, that's the, the, I just think that's the era we're in where guys are gonna move. If things aren't working out, you know, why if things aren't working out at your your job or your situation. I mean, there's a lot of guys, a lot of people who would just say, you know what, it's not working out, and why should I stick around in a place that's, it's not fulfilling, it's not working out, not what was intended or was promised, so why should I be trapped, and why can't I go, you know, pursue something else or see other opportunities, so I think it, it applies there, um, so why, why did Kented also apply? you know, for for college athletes as well.
2: Yeah. I think maybe you might have touched on where you said, like, maybe just say, like, when and when they can't transfer. Maybe you can say, like, okay, at any point you can transfer, but you have to sit out a year. But under certain circumstances, like, specified, um, then you can, you know, skip that, you know, having to sit out a year. Like, if the coach leaves, you can... You know, transfer somewhere else. Or maybe, if, you know, you can keep the graduate transfer. Go play one more year somewhere else. And maybe, like, sometime early, like, you know, after you redshirt or maybe, like, when you transition from freshman to sophomore, if you feel like you want to leave, you know, whether you've used a redshirt year or not, you can decide if you spent, you've redshirted and then played your freshman year and you decide you don't want to go, you know, you get one free transfer before becoming a sophomore. And then, you know, some maybe something like that where it's like, Allow players autonomy, like in these situations where, okay, if the coach just lied and it's not the way he said it was at this program, then you want to get the heck out of Dodge. Or if the coach leaves, then okay, this program is no longer what I committed to, so let me leave. Or when you graduate, then you know, okay, I graduated from this university, I fulfilled my commitment to them, now I can leave. So I feel like if you can kind of implement something like that, you still give players, if they just have to leave. They can still leave. But there is a penalty and kind of a discouragement. But still in some of the, you know, you know, I shouldn't say rare, but some of the fairly common circumstances that make people want to leave, you know, allow those to be regular exceptions. And maybe that could get a handle on this transfer. Um, but maybe not. Maybe it would just create more problems. Whenever we suggest these kind of things, there's always some unforeseen – Uh, side effect that you know you can't think of when you're just spitballing ideas everywhere
3: (laughs) yeah and I mean there are professionals who find ways to manipulate the system to their benefit (laughs) and then you know with these power five programs they have people who just sit around and um, find loopholes to uh, you know for their advantage but I'm with you. I mean, there used to be, like, yeah, you can transfer, but, you know, you have to sit out a year if you're going to do that. Because um, – but uh, – so I'm with you. Maybe more restrictions, more clearly defined. Still provide opportunity for players to move. If uh, I don't think that we should, you know, bind them with a the ball and chain somewhere if it's not going to work out, if the coach is a jerk or whatever. But um, – but I think there's also something to be said about making a commitment, because it, it messes with a school. Like they, they still have graduation numbers that they have to try to show. Now, how many t- how many players were on your roster, and how many of them graduated? And that really messes with all of that financial aid. What are you committed to? So I, I think there's, and I think there are some changes happening there too with with financial aid that comes with this that may start to come into more of effect where a school has to commit to the financial aid of that player for a longer period of time than what has been before. So that might make them think a lot longer about, do I really want this player out of the transfer portal? Cause if I take him, I'm committed to providing financial aid to him. Um, even if he doesn't end up sticking around. So, uh, I think there are some things that are in the works, and maybe we just need to give it a little bit more time, but it's been wonky.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to get a handle on things. We're uh, going to get a handle on things. Uh, 2305 Texan says, Sounds like Eric is driving an 18-wheeler somewhere. <laughs> sort of accurate. I don't know. What... driving. It's a, not that
3: big. It's not that just big. Just a
2: SUV or a sedan or yeah. something <laughs> like that. Yes. Um. Uh, a few more texts coming in. We're getting quite a few of these. We want to try and get to them before we get to a break. Uh, Nine through and five, he had several that we haven't quite got to yet. He says, how would anybody know if a player on a current team is being recruited from some other school and only leave because of that? That is kind of a tricky thing where it's like, how do you know? Like there's accusations that P5 programs are just, they're tampering. But it's hard to prove that unless a player just comes forward and shows receipts and says, yeah, these guys talk to me usually they're taking that opportunity, I imagine. So they're not necessarily going to admit that.
3: Well, I thought it interesting on the broadcast of the bowl game. Um, they're talking about this Seth Hennigan, quarterback for Memphis, and he said he was offered a lot of money to transfer somewhere else, but they wouldn't say who, and I, he didn't say who it was, but clearly it would have been a P5 program. But, I mean, how is, how is that not tampering Uh, Are messing with his commitment to the school that he's already with. Um, I mean, you're trying to entice him to to leave to go somewhere else. Another current. I mean, he could have left, and uh, he could have transferred without penalty or any problem. But that just, I mean, ethically, I don't. That just is not right. And that's, you know, that kind of stuff's going on. We, we saw it with uh, uh, the letter, letter of intent signing day just the other day. This kid was going to go to Notre Dame and then he decided to go to Oregon and then he flipped and went to somewhere else. I mean, with a matter of days uh, or hours, he was going from one to the next just because somebody else offered him a better deal.
2: Yeah. So uh, a couple more texts, 8968, eight. let me text in, it says, uh, something I have been saying for quite a few years. Uh where bigger schools are nothing but pro or bigger schools are nothing but pro teams and need to be treated as such. Let the smaller schools play club sports. I've tossed the idea back and forth. Me and my dad have had this conversation about just making P five its own miniature pro league. And just remove it from just excise it from college. Just like it's no longer like colleges can maybe be sponsored if they want, but like just don't even have these kids go to school. Just let them play pro ball or
3: I mean, it is the NFL minor league. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the NFL does not have a minor
2: league because it doesn't need one. It's called college football. (laughs) Yeah. That's why when you have, like, the AAF or the whoever trying to – we want to be like a minor league. They already have one, guys. Yes. Um, Anyway, we need to take another quick break. We're up against it. So we'll take a break. We'll come back, and then we'll uh, close up shop here on the uh, Full Court Press. As a small business, achieving
1: your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain climb. This is Lance Zollinger, president at Cash Valley Bank. To conquer the mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Don't wait. Plan your New Year's Eve celebration now. Get your night rolling at the Riverwoods Conference Center's New Year's Eve Buffet, catered by Elements Restaurant. The night kicks off at 5 p.m. for you early birds. Reservations are being accepted from 5 to 8 p.m. Enjoy a delicious buffet full of appetizers, salads, garlic, rosemary, prime rib, and brown sugar Dijon pork loin, plus decadent desserts sure to satisfy any sweet tooth. Start your New Year's off in style with family, friends, delicious food, and live music at the Riverwoods Conference Center New Year's Eve Buffet. Call ahead for reservations, 750-5151, 750 5151.
4: For more than a century, Needham Jewelers has been repairing jewelry and watches in Cache Valley. We do all our work on premises, and you may even talk directly with our expert technicians. We also have today's state-of-the-art equipment, including a laser welder that will repair jewelry with precision. We guarantee our work and offer competitive prices, so whether repairing your precious wedding ring, sizing a ring, or simply changing a watch battery, come to Utah's oldest jewelry store today's newest technology and repair need Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, it's a Week 17 cross-conference showdown as the Seattle Seahawks host the New York Jets. Hi everyone, Troy Clarity here. Join Chad Brown and me for all the action between two teams that are in must-win mode. Can Geno Smith rally the Seahawks, or will Mike White and the Jets find a way to get it done on the road? It's the Jets and the Seahawks. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The
0: Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390
2: AM. The Fan. Welcome back, Full Court Press. Eric Walker is still Eric Walker. That's my brother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have a brother named we've, Eric, so... Uh, we've blended together. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I have a brother named Eric, so that's that's where that came from. Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Still here. Eric's still driving his 18-wheeler in Farmington or wherever he's at. <laughs> um, making my way. <laughs> making your way uh, uptown. Uh, about a minute and a half left to go on the show. Um, just trying to... Can you hear everything going on in your car, Eric. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just lovely. Got background noise and everything. Um, just get a, just get a look into Eric's life, or just a day in the life of Eric, but sound only. <laughs> what a road trip sounds like. Um, so anyway, we've been spending the whole show talking about uh, football transfer portal, all that kind of stuff. Good talk about basketball. Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. Was uh, we finally both maybe get back on the show at the same time uh, in person? Yeah, that that'll be an interesting uh, show. Like, whoa, holy crap, we're both here for an entire two hours. But we got basketball. I don't know. We have time to get into basketball. I guess, Eric. Just quick thoughts. We're about to start conference play for uh, Mountain West play for Utah State. Uh, like their chances uh, going into conference play.
3: Uh, Well, I mean, their game against Washington State looked good, but, I mean, they're coming into it kind of shaky a little bit. But, boy, conference play got underway with a bang last night. Some big games, some upsets. Uh, Mountain West Conference basketball is going to be a ton of fun, and I'm excited for it.
2: Yeah, it should be. Um, Utah State going to start out against Fresno State. Fresno State, uh, not the highest rated, but uh, they have had a pretty good defense. So we'll see – How Utah State does, we've talked about how tough it's going to be. All the toughest games for Utah State are going to happen in conference play, so we'll talk about it tomorrow. But thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a good one.